What's up, everybody? It is Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome into today's podcast. Today's podcast is going to be, we're going to kind of get back to the OG roots of this podcast. I want to break things down. I'm doing a couple different ideas for you guys, aka, but first of all, straight out of the gate, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. I appreciate it so much. Um, we kind of have some like mid-game thoughts for me. I've been writing down things that I see, things that I feel in the middle of these games. Grant, I know I'm what, two days late to this, but I wanted to be thorough. I wanted to be able to be relatable to every person that listens to this podcast. That's that's my goal, because if I'm not doing that, then I'm not achieving what I'm trying to get out of here. So, look... S- First, first, first and foremost, um, this language or this podcast is going to have a little bit of language with it. I mean, I want this to be original. I want this to be, I don't want to have to hold back. If I want to say something, I'm just going to say it. So just giving you a heads up on there, there will be an explicit uh, audio content preview uh, as well for today's podcast. The Mariners will be covered later. For those of you who have been hollering at me on Twitter, I will get to your Mariners. We have an entire Mariners segment. It is going to be the second half of today's podcast, but we need to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks that were entering peril. We have been in purgatory for God knows five plus straight weeks of bad football. The vibes have been getting worse and worse and worse. And it got so bad to the point where on Brock and Salk Radio, and I do reference them a lot because I do hold them, I hold them in high reverence. I think they do a wonderful job. People like them di- disagree, but the ability to have the conversation with Pete Carroll every single week is paramount. When you heard Pete last week said straight up, it ain't good enough anymore, and I'm not, and I'm not willing to decide to say that we're gonna just gonna we're just gonna f- figure it out. You're gonna have to earn your damn job. Tariq Wollin, Tariq Wollin, I'm calling you Tariq, because when you were, this is going to sound funny, when you were by your, like, your first whole name that your mama gave you, you played a lot better football than whatever it is it's been the last, this whole year, because this whole Reek Wollin has been half as productive and good as Tariq Wollin, so just, just putting my little two cents in, in that wishing well, right, but Pete said, it's going to have to come down to competitions, changes will be made. Well, changes were made, ladies and gentlemen. Jamal Adams did not play. He wasn't even at the field, which I will get into here sooner than later. Um, my comments will be a little hot take-ish, but I have a reason for why I'm going to say what I, what I want to say about that. We're going to get that in like two minutes. So just bear with me here, okay? Changes were made. Michael Jackson, you're in for Tariq Quillen. Julian Love, you're in for Jamal Adams. And oh, oh man, did we see some safety play. We saw Quandre Diggs walking around that football field with some swag. Putting on that Texas Longhorn represent. Play Seahawk football. Have passion. Play with pride. Play for your brother. That's what we saw yesterday. And it hasn't been like that for I don't know how many damn years. I really don't. This team has been lacking that it factor, that guy, the juice, right? The juice this year has been Devin Witherspoon. And who God knows what to call the rookie 
coming in and being the best defensive player on this team, or arguably you could probably call him the best, maybe second best player on this entire roster behind DK Metcalf right now, he balling. We didn't have him yesterday. And boys stepped up to fill the role, to fill the void. You know, it's it, it was just sensational football. It was, it was, this is textbook Seahawk football. I know I'm getting a little off, off tangent right now, but it's for a good reason. We haven't watched Seahawk football in a long time. You had exactly 100 yards rushing on the day. 100. It's fantastic football. What I like, what I would have, what I would have liked more. Excuse me. Yes. Who wouldn't want more? I mean, give me a break. But at the end of the physical day, you won the football game. You did what you had to when the when the lights were brightest and the palms were sweatiest and the butts got tight. And we stepped up and won the football game. I mean, I I look at I look at this team right, and I and I ask and I ask myself. Like where where are we going, right? Like what is what is the expectation, right? And we're gonna get into that probably in the next podcast, not this one, because I just want to go over the feelings, the highlights, the moments, right? Drew Locke. I have been very blunt and brash and bold. Drew Locke stepped up when the moment called for it. Drew Locke delivered the dime after dime. After dime on that di- on that game-winning drive, it was perfect. Twenty-two of thirty-three throughout the through through the air, two hundred and eight yards, a touchdown, no picks. Yeah, two sacks. His QBR, ladies and gentlemen, is ninety-four. That'll do. That'll do. The relationship between Geno and Drew Locke is ever so apparent on the football field. That moment that the camera saw, where Drew was doing his what they call, quote-unquote, a backpack celebration, which he did back to his Missouri days. I love the connection that these two have. I love the ability to relate and be there for your brother, truly. You know, And at the position of quarterback, when it's all about what did you do, what did, how did you, you know, perform, what were you... And quite frankly, and when they asked him to to be able to you know step up to be ready to, to play, the team said, no, we're going to go with Drew Locke. And Pete said straight up that Gino was not happy about it. And it took Gino a hot minute to not be pissed because he was pissed because he wanted to play that bad. But that's what you want to see out of your quote-unquote starting quarterback. And we're going to get into that too, right? But the Seahawks won the football game. That's what matters most. They won the damn game. And being able to get yourself back on the winning column for the vibes was so desperately needed. And it was a beautiful thing. The final drive, as I talked about a minute or two ago, they exclusively targeted James Bradbury on every single attempt and reception was against James Bradbury. Wherever that dude was on the football field, Shane Waldron says, throw the damn football. Throw the football at that guy. And he, he choked. He bailed. In moments of crisis, he panicked. He absolutely panicked. DK Metcalf, and we'll talk about this when we're going to go player by player here in just one minute. Stepped up 
when the team asked him to in the biggest moment when the lights were the absolute brightest and you had to have the first down and to keep the chains moving, you gave the football to the biggest son of a bitch on the football field and DK Metcalf. The dude is literally fucking Megatron 2.0. Detroit Lions fans, that I say that with the absolute utmost respect possible. Calvin Johnson, first round pick, Georgia Tech. I'll always remember him. God bless you, Calvin. You're a great football player. But it's ascending. He is. It is now multiple games without any kind of an incident, a problem from him. DK Metcalf's been an absolute fucking pro. And he deserves all of our respect and our admiration for the fact that he's shown up and playing the game that he works his ass off for week in and week out. And I know some people are going to say, well, isn't it his job to work his ass off? It is. You know what? But I just watched that Pittsburgh game, and uh, I hope nobody else did, besides unless you're like a Colts fan, obviously. But um, George Pickens... If you guys want to worry about a look at a like an example of what a wide wide receiver who doesn't give a single damn about not catching the football, and he's gonna have his own excuses, right? Now that, that that's for a Pittsburgh podcast. That's not for me. It's for an example. The DK Metcalf blocks his ass off, receives the ball, and is an absolute force down the football field. K nine, the dog, finally. Had himself back on on the football field and had himself a productive day. 19 carries, 86 yards, a touchdown, followed by three receptions on three targets for 26 total yards. The presence of the ground game was felt and established early in this game. Ken Walker said, give me the football and let me do my magic, right? I saw Damian Lewis. And I got to say, and I I would clap in right now, but I don't want to throw my whole audio mic off. Damian Lewis played his fucking ass off yesterday. He did. He played hard. Finally, for the first time all season, I watched Damian Lewis get up off his block and get moving. Get moving, get downhill, and be the the athletic road grader that we drafted you out of of LSU for three years ago. Let's go, bro. That's what we need. That's the kind of... That's when we... I'm going to be looking at when we get to the offseason plan, I'm going to be looking specifically at the guard position heavily because that position in football is becoming so, so important, especially with the quality of the interior linemen, blah, blah, blah. But what it does and what it did in this game is that it made Fletcher Cox and Jalen Carter, how they couldn't just go balls deep, wide open. Did they both make plays throughout the course of this game? Hell yeah, they did. But did they make enough to win the football game? Hell no. Sure didn't. And that's one of the best things about this team right now is that you are seeing an established commitment to the running game, right? And I, you know, I'm going to say, well, a total of 100 yards isn't true commitment. Uh, it's a hell of a lot better than what it's been all season. So I'm going to call it a commitment. It's what I'm going to do. And that's my opinion, right? You could disagree with me, and that's ho- t- totally wholeheartedly fine. But. Recognize and understand the fact that the Seahawks have been doing what we asked for. More 12-man personnel. Get the three tight ends on the football field with a single wide receiver in DK or Lockett. Or if you want to go JSN, but that's more of a DK uh, slot there being being that X role and that uh, specific formation. At the end of the day, the ground game was established. Drew Locke stepped up. And Jackson Smith and Jigba continues to prove why they drafted him with the 20th overall pick 
in last year's draft. The dude has hands. I'm just, it's he's not fast. He's shifty, right? But it's it's his side to side speed that is throwing DBs off right now because he doesn't slow down and out in and out of his routes. There's why some people uh, compared him to a Justin Jefferson because. And I know that's obviously high praise. Justin Jefferson's arguably the best receiver still in football, even though he's had an, an injured season. Like, just uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba has the ability to take this offense to a tier level that we anticipated and expected when we got the, the, the pick what came in in this last year's draft. It's exciting. You look at what he's doing right now overall in general. Week to week, he's getting the respect. They drew it up in practice. I love the fact that Shane's like, look, if you get single-man coverage, Drew, if you get single-man coverage in, in this specific play, the ball is going to Jackson Smith and Jigba. And Drew delivered an absolute, just slightly overthrown dime. And JSN extends that long hands with the long fingers and locks that ball in. And that's, and that's how we are now in, like, football glory for, like, football Valhalla for the first time. And it feels like that truly because we have just – it's been a yeah. It's been a rough five weeks, and when you win a football game for the first time in five weeks, you're like, hell yeah, let's win! It. Like we won the fucking game. Thank you, goodness. Uh, we talked a little bit about DK, but I just want to touch over five receptions, six targets on 78 yards. The numbers don't look pretty, but when you get those kind of receptions and those yards totals, when the game had to have it in overtime, in the most highest pinnacle moments, that's when a big play receiver makes big plays on the football field that'll help his team win straight up. And defensive, this is my new little segment. I tossed in and teased at the very beginning of this podcast. Some new stuff was going to be tossed in. Defensive player of the game, Julian fucking Love. Round of applause. You played your ass off. Straight up, young man. You straight up played and balled your ass off. You played center field. You look like freaking Earl Thomas. No dis- no due disrespect. No, no, not trying to throw shade at Earl Thomas anyway. Earl Thomas is a future possible Hall of Famer. Julian Love has got a lot of work to be that. But when you play center field and you're ranging sideline to sideline and you're causing turnovers, Julian Love is accountable for four turnovers on the season. By himself. That's more than any other player on this team. The, only, the, the player that's closest to that is one Devin Weatherspoon. But Julian Love, you balled. We needed quality, high-tier safety play, and you gave it to us. We had to have it, and I am just so appreciative. Thank God. I, Man, I hope, Jamal, you get right. I hope you can get physically right. I hope you can get mentally right. I know you've been dealing with a lot of things right now with your injury and kind of like the setback, and Pete's been trying to give you some extra buffer. And, they're gonna, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to help him. But I don't like the fact that he wasn't at the at the at the field. He isn't an emotional leader. So the only acceptable reason, I don't want to call it an excuse, I want to call it a reason, that he wasn't there is because he wasn't mentally right. And you can't be an emotional leader for your boys if you're not emotionally like mentally right. It just isn't gonna happen that way. So, if you need to take some time away, Jamal, honest to God, I'm not trying to be like, oh, well, Julian comes in and plays, you know, one great game and then Jamal shouldn't play for the rest of the season. Jamal, if you need time, you just need to take off the rest of the season and let Julian Love play. Because with the amount of energy, with the amount of uh, the good vibes, the, the upward momentum, you cannot piss this away. You cannot throw it away inside of the proverbial trash can. It can't happen. Right? 
And with that same conversation, that's why I want Drew Locke to start this week in Tennessee. He, it's the, it's the respect of the locker room. If you take the man that just won you the football field, or not, excuse me, not, not the football field. That's funny. The football game. And then you say, but we're going to go back to the quarterback. That, and that, this is no due disrespect. This is just brass tacks facts. If you go back to the quarterback and Gino, who you lost four games beforehand before you won a freaking game, what are you telling the locker room? You're saying that we value the veteran presence of Gino more than the last current win that we hadn't had in four weeks. That is fucking inexcusable. I do not care. You cannot tell me otherwise. You need to roll with Drew Locke for this upcoming game. You do. Because you have nothing to lose. You have everything to gain. No one expected you to even make the playoffs the last four weeks. People were wanting you just to tank for the fucking draft. Let's be real. Like 50-50 fans. It's 50% you give a crap. 50% I don't give a damn. It's just how it goes. Right? I don't want to tank for draft yet. I just don't want to contend for playoffs. But I'm also in the... I understand both sides of the coin. Because we clearly need a quarterback for the future. But that whole conversation could not entirely go away. But it could become more complicated. If Drew comes out for the next three weeks, it continues to ball. And that's a massive if. Because who who, who knows? I, I mean, obviously, nobody knows. What's going to happen week to week? This is the NFL, for God's sake. But, Drew Locke, you have the key to the castle in your fucking hand. Do the job, and you have the ability to make this conversation for who's a quarterback next season incredibly tasty and tantalizing. And, man, am I ready for it. Last thing on this game, and then we're going to go to the Mariners. No turnovers. That is Seahawk football. Continue this this exact way. Continue. Control the football, control the the, the uh, clock in general, accrue as much time on clock as possible, get those boys on defense for the opposing team to be tired, wear them down, and play gritty, nasty Seahawk football. Tennessee, Will Levis, he has a high ankle sprain. DeAndre Hopkins, that's the new wide receiver in town. We all know who the fuck Derek Dar- Dar- Henry is. So, can you do it? TBD, I think they can. But it's going to be a huge point of conversation all week. Who's starting at quarterback? And is Jamal going to go and play at safety? Those are two things I'm going to watch and keep my eye on. And speaking of keeping my uh, keeping my eye on things, and I tried to do a decent transition there for you guys. This is a shortened-ish Mariners section today. And I apologize wholeheartedly if you guys are wanting a longer mariner section i will have another podcast coming out i have uh, a couple weeks off from my job uh granted you know it's kind of a perk of working for the state so i'm gonna have a lot more content coming out for you guys i'm gonna be doing some off-season lookout analysis roster where it was where it is now current money stuff like that we'll get into all of that right but these are just the moves that have happened in the last couple of days so i'm just going to reiterate things in case anybody missed what's you know the main couple of Made a couple of moves. Tom Murphy uh, signed a deal back with San Francisco after where he came from, after, before we traded him. Uh, total of announced 10-ish million dollars. Congrats on Tom Murphy. Great deal for him. He's worth the money, assuming he, he, he can stay healthy. I'm not trying to throw shade. That's just the God's honest truth. Tom Murphy's had a very difficult time staying healthy for the last few seasons. And it's, it's a good opportunity for Tom to get 
to back up a promising catcher again and Patrick Bailey, who is the uh, starting switch hitting catcher for the San, for the San Francisco Giants. Um, Evan White was traded to the Angels. Marco Gonzalez uh, to Pittsburgh. I believe I covered this. Some people asked if I had covered it, so I wanted to retouch on it briefly. My main thing out of all of this is that I really hope Evan White can become something. Yes, obviously he has to play us a fair amount here in the AL West, and I'm okay with it because he never really had an opportunity here. He couldn't stay healthy. He had an injury uh, that is a very difficult groin injury to rehab from. I actually had the exact same groin injury as Evan White, and it's uh, it's a two-plus-year process. Like, I'm not to be pulled behind the curtain. Like, I'm just now having my full strength, right, which is absurd. And it's taken two-plus years, two-and-a-half years to get to this point, and I'm so thankful that my body has been able to heal and you know but it's the rehab process and the reason why i'm just ranting a little bit on this in general it's a lot of fucking work and i know evan you've worked your ass off i reached out to you personally on social media stuff like that um because we've walked a similar path and i just hope that you can continue to, to stay healthy and get your baseball life and your career back on track and i wish and hope nothing but the, for, for uh, the best for you and your family um Penn Murphy signed a major league deal with the Atlanta Braves. We all know about Jared Kelnick trade. Um, everybody knows about Otani. I'm not going to talk about Otani because I talked in nauseam about Otani. And we're already like almost 23 minutes in. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, good for Penn Murphy on a major league deal. Uh, I There was no big money announced. I think it's probably going to be like one and a half million. Nothing too big. Pretty Something very similar to what we got for signing Trevor Gott last season for. And Trevor Gott also signed with the Oakland Athletics. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel re-signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks three years and $42 million. Um, there is a couple opt-outs in his contract, which I can get all of the details here at a later time. But the reason why I'm bringing up the money is because I'm curious as to how this will affect other guys in the market, such as uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Jorge Soler, J.D. Martinez, and Justin Turner. Um, I think... Teo's contract and Sorler's contract will be very similar. Uh, Martinez and uh, I think Martinez and Justin Turner will be pretty close to what Gurriel gets. Maybe a little bit more depending upon the team that signs more Martinez because of the DH only position for him. Um, I don't even think he can stay in the first base. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens and becomes of it. I'll keep my eyes out in general for that. Warner Brothers, it was announced uh, yesterday formally on X, a.k.a. Twitter, because I don't really give a crap about the X, that uh, they backed out of the last 30%. Excuse me. Uh, they backed out of the last 30% of the ownership of the RSN for Root Sports, and essentially the Mariners bought, purchased that extra 30%, so now they are sole owners of the RSN for the Regional Sports Network. I'm not going to get into everything with that today. Again, apologies. Some people still want to talk about it. I think it's been talked about well over nauseum, and I've just been re repeating myself, so I don't really want to get back into it. Uh, last thing touch on um, Mariners real quick, and then i got to have like a posting question in general just for you guys. To, if you if you can, reach out to me at capital PNW Professor. You can find me there on Twitter. Um how do you add a, like your two bats you need to this Mariners team, knowing that we have $20 million? If you trade one of your young pitchers, that means you're going to have to fill that void and spend extra money to fill that, that pitcher. 
the Mariners are in a very tricky spot right now, and a lot of people, I understand, don't really want to hear it. Um, I had my time where I didn't want to hear it, but this is these the situation is what it is. It's not subject to change anytime soon until we hear something otherwise, and it's been like this for almost, I think, well over almost three weeks. The Mariners have been pretty damn quiet, besides for obviously the Jared Kelnick trade and the, and the Geno trade. It's been nothing for the Mariners, so... I'll be curious to see how they can able to fit the open roles. There's multiples of them. We will get into that more here on the upcoming podcast with my free time. And my question of the day to you guys is, where is Yoshinomo Yamamoto going to sign? Um, favorites, obviously, are Dodgers, Yan- Yankees, Mets, Phillies. Um, I think, personally, he's going to be a Dodger. I do. I think him and Otani will, will link up, and they'll be dominating and ridiculous. Because that's what the Dodgers do, and the Dodgers are set out on a warpath to win as many uh, almost said football baseball games as possible this year. With that being said, you guys, and thank you guys so much for tuning in, and listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, well, I like I, I said this multiple times on the podcast today, but I want to reiterate it. There will be more content coming coming out uh, in the upcoming week, and when we get to that, uh, you guys will know. I'll be posting up, and we'll, if you do subscribe, please, and hit the notification bell. So when I, when I post these podcasts, it goes straight to your phone. It's a convenience thing. It's not so much a money thing for me. I just want to make it easier for you guys to listen to what I have to say. With that being said, God bless. Appreciate you guys, and until next time, peace.